Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Nigeria Resistance Movement. Uh, we're still talking about the liberation of modern people. And with me here is Benny Demola, a Marxist, a Pan-Africanist, and a Socialist. Um, I know you've been talking a lot about um, socialism on Twitter, Afrocentric cultures, and um, this will be your first time on our podcast. Um, can you please kindly introduce yourself to our audience and uh, what you will be discussing today, basically your topic of discussion. Um, thank you so much for accepting our invitation and wanting to break bread with us. Good day, everybody. I'm so happy to be in your midst this evening. I'm Ogbeni Demola. I'm a Pan-Africanist and a Marxist. I will be speaking on the topic and investigation into the third world and the essence of political organization. I'm very sure that we all will be able to, you know, learn one or two this evening. Thank you for having me. This lecture is an investigation into the third world and the essence of political organization. But I want to, I want us to understand some basic things. Like I want us to understand how you know miseducated black people have been. First of all, there's no way you talk about the third world. There's no way you talk about you know the non-aligned nations. There's no way you talk about Africa in general and not talk about underdevelopment. Because underdevelopment is like a Siamese twin of Africa. A Siamese twin of Africa. But I'd like to explain what underdevelopment means in itself. You know, underdevelopment is not the absence of development. Because so many people believe that, oh, if you are not, if you are underdeveloped, it means that you are not developed. If you are underdeveloped, it means you are barbaric. If you are underdeveloped, it means you are living in the jungle, swinging from trees to trees like a monkey. But you have to understand that underdevelopment in and of itself is not the absence of development. You know, development in itself, when you, when you say somebody is developed, you know, Development is as a result of the relationship human beings have with their, with their you know, environment. And we have to understand that this, 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 this relationship differs. The way Africans relate with you know, their environment here in Africa is different from the way Europeans relate to their environment in Europe. So, underdevelopment, underdevelopment is not the absence of development. You can only make use of the word underdevelopment in a comparative analysis. So, this is the reason. Because in the there was a there was a British you know a British economic scholar, Adam Smith. He came up with a definition of economics. They said, economics is the inquiry into nature and the causes of wealth of nations. He because understood that he understood the income disparity. He understood you know the development that the, the the discrepancies in the developmental faces of the world. So that was why he said it is an inquiry into nature and the causes of wealth of nations. You know because. The way the way Britain was developed was different from the way you know America was developed, was different from the way you know France was developed. So there are different stages of development, and we cannot say that they are underdeveloped. Okay, because Dangote is rich does not mean Otedola is poor. So underdevelopment is not the absence of development. We can only make use of the comparative analysis by saying underdevelopment. Okay, when you want to compare, you can make use of underdevelopment. But so this makes it very wrong to say Africa is underdeveloped. 
Africa is not underdeveloped. Africa is developing. So we are still in, we are still you are still you know engaging in sort of interaction with our environment. You know, we are still communicating with the environment. We are discovering new things daily. So you see this kind of communication, you know, between you know people and you know and their environment. So it's very wrong to say Africa is underdeveloped. You rather say Africa is developing. You know, having said this now, right? You have to understand the reasons for Africa's underdevelopment. You know, you know, there's this this stage that we are. You know, this this you know this this vicious you know stage that we are needs a forensic. We have to investigate the reason why Africa is this you know laid back. The reason why Africa is this you know you know exploited, right? So there's no how you talk about Africa's underdevelopment and not talk about exploitation and bad leadership. There's no way you could talk about Africa's underdevelopment and not talk about exploitation and bad leadership. But I want you to understand that exploitation and bad leadership is a substructure of the vicious superstructure of imperialism. We have to understand that imperialism in and of itself is economic in nature. Imperialism is economic in nature because the tools of the tools of imperialism. Imperialism just means capitalism in its expansionist phase, right? Because when the metropolis, you know, the 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 so-called first world countries, you know, the so-called European empires, we even have to understand explicitly that this this the European empire that is built today is as a result of four hundred years of African labor, four hundred years of free African slavery. It is African slavery that was used to build the European Empire today, and the continuous sustenance of this European, of this scandalous European Empire, depends on the continuous exploitation of Africa. So we have to understand that bad leadership and exploitation is a substructure of the superstructure of imperialism. Now let me explain this. We have to understand that. Social stratification in Africa, you know, class antagonism, class differences, social stratification is not an African thing. Class differences, social stratification, you know, is not an African thinking, it's an European thinking. So Africans do not Africans do not understand, you know, Africans do not understand what social stratification means before the European invasion. You know, you not being able to pay your school fees because you don't have money. You not being you, you you starving because you don't have money. You not be you not being able to send your children to school because you don't have money. You practically losing your life because you don't have money. It's not an African thinking. This is not an African economic system. This is an Eurocentric economic system. You know, as a Marxist in the Marxist of development, we have to understand that Africans practice the kind of economic system called communalism. You know, a kind of community-oriented system, you know, one for all and all for one. The means of production and distribution of goods and services was not in the hand of few elites, was not in the hand of few business elites. So capitalism is an is an you know is an is an Eurocentric thinking because capitalism started in Britain, started in England during the um, capitalism started in England when during the Industrial Revolution, industrial capitalism, right? So we have to understand that capitalism is not an is not an Afrocentric system. So when you know Europeans invaded Africa, you know 
the the means of production was 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 communally owned. You know, Marxists call this economic and political system. We call it primitive communism. You know, the means of production was in the hand of the community, right? So people that labor get the reward of their labor. Not this kind of system that we have today. Because Marx, Karl Marx said, the accumulation of wealth at one pole is at the same time accumulation of poverty at the other pole, right? You have to understand that as you're accumulating wealth at one pole, you're accumulating poverty at the other pole. Because the creation of one bourgeoisie is the exploitation of many working class, of the working class. Which means that the creation of one dangote, it means, you know, the exploitation of many poor people. So, creation of two dangotes means the continuous impoverishment of the masses. So, this economic system never existed before European occupation. So, the, 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 the goods and services, distribution, regulation, production was in the hands of the community. The land was communally owned, right? Now, when Europeans invaded Africa, by force, they took these resources from us. They took the land from us by force, by, you know, with the use of the machine guns, you know, and their mercenaries. They took our they land took... away from... So they, they took our land away from us by force, right? Now, taking our land away from us by force, Europeans created... They started building industries, right? They started building, you know, companies. They started building industries, right? So Africans whose resources have been stolen, Africans whose assets have been stolen, were forced to sell their labor to these Europeans. They were forced to sell their labor to these Europeans. Now, it is this their labor that they sold to these Europeans that created capital for him, right? The labor African people sold to European invaders created capital for Europeans. Now, it is at this point that social stratification emerged in Africa. It is at this point we started having the ruling class. It is at this point we started having the bourgeoisie. It is at this point we started having the petty bourgeoisie. It is at this point we started having the peasants. Now, the bourgeoisie are the white elites because this happened during the colonial period. The bourgeoisie were the white elites, were the, were the, were the invaders, you know, were the settlers, were the colonialists, were the exploiters, right? The bourgeoisie were the exploiters. The petty bourgeoisie were the middle class. The petty bourgeoisie were Africans who made their way through the military or Africans who made their way through the, you know, colonial administrative structure. Or Africans who are in the police force or this reactionary intelligentsia or this African reactionary intelligentsia. The peasants were the people who suffer the most where the people whose resources have been stolen, where the people who suffer, you know, the evils of this economy, of this new economic system introduced into Africa, right? Now, we have to understand that the moment where there's class stratification, you have to understand that the moment when there's class differences, right, immediately there's class antagonism. So Europeans created class antagonism in Africa. Europeans created class antagonism in Africa. So this class antagonism is a continuous and perpetual class between the ruling class and the peasants. The bourgeoisie and the peasants 
are always at you know conflict almost all the time all the time they're always at conflict because the wealth of the bourgeoisie is at the result of the exploitation of the proletarians so the black people whose labor have been stolen black people whose resources have been stolen created capital for this white invader right not only did this you know white man steal the land he stole all the resources all the resources you know above and below the soil he hijacked the uh, he hijacked the african economic system the cocoa business that was in africa before he hijacked it expanded it and linked it up with the with the european uh, with, the, with the you know european capital market it was at this point that tendencies of individualism it was at this point that tendencies of private ownership it was at this point that tendencies of capitalism began to go in africa so europeans you know brought you know they, they brought class antagonism in africa and you have to you know key into the words of france fanon france fanon said colonialism regarded africa as a source of raw materials which once looted is unloaded on the european capital market so europeans see africa as a source of raw materials even till today they see us as a source of raw materials you know when the industrial revolution happened right the industrial revolution happened in the 1880s happened in the 1880s right in great britain they started creating machines you know started creating machines right because capitalism just that, that, that uh, capitalism um, feudalism just crumbled and the military feudalism, uh, feudalism crumbled it's birth capitalism so these europeans needed you know raw materials they built machines so they so they were in need of raw materials so they were they were always in constant competition so it was this constant competition that led them to the berlin conference in 1884. berlin conference in 1884 was when africa was demarcated and shared between european about seven or ten european flags you know great britain was there america was there you know france was there all these capitalist europeans were there they were the ones that distributed africa congo was you know given to king leopold as a personal property as a personal property king leopold owned congo as a personal property and you will hear that oh when 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 when, when after, after the berlin conference you hear something like the royal niger protectorate you have to understand that that protectorate is not something noble that protectorate is 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 a is, is an even jargons is, is, is a is a jargons created by the white people to protect themselves from competitive imperial powers okay royal ninja royal, royal ninja protectorate this means that the british are here the french should stay away the germans should stay away you know the belgians should stay away this is the Royal Niger Protectorate. This is where in Africa the British have dominated. This is where the British are exploiting. So, you not being able to pay your school fees because you don't have money, you losing your life because you don't have money is an European thinking. I want to understand that. That's why Franz Fanon said the elites of today are the spoiled kids of yesterday's colonialism. When these white people left, when African liberation struggle became intensified, right? When African liberation struggle became intensified, and you know our revolutionary intelligentsia organized the masses of the people, you know 
to wage a revolutionary war against imperialist occupation in Africa. When Africa became free, when Africa became independent from the forces of colonialism, we observe that all, all the African nations, after getting independence, they became socialists. They became socialists. All of them became socialists. Ghana became socialist. Burkina Faso became socialist. You know, all of them became socialists. Guinea became socialist. Guinea-Bissau became socialist. Angola became socialist. Algeria became socialist. Mozambique became socialist. All of them became socialist. Why? Because capitalism is the thesis. And logically, the anti so this capitalism and European thinking, right? Is an European is an European idea, you know. So all these things explicitly. So many people talk about. So now we understand. See, now we understand how, you know, colonialism exploits us. How white people, you know, subjugate and exploit black people. How white people spread their tentacles of imperialism to the other developed world, and you know, and exploit. But now, in the twenty-first century, we have to understand, you know, the modern way of exploitation, you know, facilitated by Europeans. We have to understand that we do, we do, see, we do, we do not live. We, we do not live in, in, in see Africa we are not living in an, we are not living in independent countries. Africa is not independent. Africa is a new colonial client satellite government. Not only do we have enemies from the metropolis, because I tell people that, you know, our enemy is imperialism. Our enemy is the white exploiters. But we also have, to, also have to understand that who are these people that facilitate the engine of white supremacy, which is capitalism? Who are the people that subjugate African people? Who are the people that exploit African people for the interest of the metropolis? I mean, we are the colony that the metropolis. Who are the people that you know do these things on on behalf in on behalf of their metropolitan masters? So as Africa today is not free, Africa is in the hands of neo-colonial puppets, right? So we have to understand that the kind of government that we have today is structurally and you know systemically designed. To keep us oppressed, to you know, to keep us exploited. <coughs> That's why Kamak said, the accumulation of wealth at one at one pole is one at the same time accumulation of poverty at the other pole, right? It is the impoverishment of the masses of the people, right, that creates opulence for the ruling class. Do you know how many people have to be poor for Dangote to be rich? So the creation of Dangote is at the same time the creation of many poor people, right? So 
with capitalism we will always live in an in an unequal society in a society where income disparity is the order of the day in a society where social stratification and class antagonism will will have, will, will will continue to surface right in a country where the people will be exploited and impoverished and oppressed so our people have to understand these things right so the thesis is capitalism the antithesis must be socialism so not only do we have as i said not only do we have you know enemies from europe we have black people who are possessed with the spirit of white supremacy and we have to understand that imperialism in and of itself is economic in nature imperialism is economic the reason why this european imperialist motherfuckers gathered at the berlin conference in 1984 to share africa amongst themselves was for economic reasons that is pure imperialism when capitalism when industrial revolution happened and there was already monopoly when capitalism get monopoly in europe and the competition for raw materials became intensified imperialism had to spread spread its tentacles to the less developed nations to exploit raw materials this is what led to the Benin conference in 1884. the imperialism is economic and its weapons are colonialism and neo-colonialism right colonialism has been abolished but neo-colonialism is functioning because the build see the existence of the european empire today as a result of 400 years of africa of 400 years of slavery of african people even the man that built that that designed washington dc was a black man his name is benjamin benjamin banaka they don't go teach us all this one you know they have to they will tell us they will teach us something that will make us to be looking up to them as gods as people that have to be looking up for as 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 as, as advisors as people that have to be looking us as a yastic of morals if you remove this scandalous economic opulence that europe, europe has today europe is the most underdeveloped nation underdeveloped continent europe and america because these are the people that have committed the greatest crime to humanity so we have to understand that imperialism is purely economic in nature very is economic is is economic in nature so it's 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 it's, it's tools are colonialism and neo-colonialism colonialism has been liquidated right neo-colonialism is in function and how does neo-colonialism happen no apples neo-colonialism doesn't have to you know they, see the idea is white people do not have to invade you you just they just need a black man like you to keep the engine of imperialism functioning these are the people that are called the reactionary pigs so we have to identify who are these people that who are these people that impoverish africa for the sustenance of the european empire the the sustenance and the maintenance of european empire is based on the on the exploitation of african resources if new 
colonialism is liquidated today and all African governments are, are replaced with socialist, anti-imperialist, revolutionary government, the European Empire will we 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 collapse. We collapse. That's why I tell people that the European opulence, the European wealth that we see today, the so-called European wealth and the so-called European development that we see today is scandalous because it was built on the corpses and black of and back of black sleeves. Do you know how many of our ancestors had to die for this European empire to be standing? Do you know how many of our ancestors had to drown in the ocean for this British empire to be standing? So we can even say that the European opulence is African opulence. The European wealth is African wealth because we built the, we picked the cotton on the plantation. We picked the cotton on the plantation. So the European opulence is scandalous. As Fanon put it, it's scandalous. European opulence is a scandalous one. So our major preoccupation is the identification of neocolonialism as an agent as an, as an agent of imperialism to exploit the african masses to exploit the african the african resources and impoverish the african masses our major preoccupation must be the identification of neo-colonialism as an agent of imperialism to exploit african resources and impoverish the african masses that's our major preoccupation and it is very evident right all the government that we have in Africa today are neo-colonial. That's why I say that bad leadership is a bad, bad leadership is bad leadership as a, is is a substructure of the superstructure of imperialism, because bad leadership has to be in place as bad leadership is an, is, is was asked by colonialism. So we have to understand that. So we cannot, you cannot have a good leader. You, see, you cannot have a good neo-colonial leadership. You always have a capitalist, exploitative, you know, you know, dictatorial, neo-colonial, you know, bourgeois dictatorship, backed up by cosmopolitan masters. So you have to understand all these things, all these gimmicks. Our own, our own, our own major preoccupation is to identify it. So, our enemy is imperialism. That's our external enemy. Our internal enemy is client states, sham political independence, puppet states. So it is we that we fight these people. These are our leaders that are selling us out. That's why people that people that have voted, that have plans to vote for Tunubu in 2023, are stupid and sick. Many of, our, many of our people don't understand this European... See, many of our people don't understand this, you know... They don't, they don't understand their state of... They, they don't understand the status quo. They just know that they are oppressed, but they don't understand the... They don't have an in-depth analysis of the cause of the oppression. See, the elites understand the... See, the elites understand... In most cases, the elites understand... The system, they least understand the system of oppression. They understand how the oppression works. So that's why the op oppression is always beating you at your game. You know, we have to organize our people. Those people having to having the idea to vote for Tinubu in 2023 are not. They have been, you know, they have been 
their minds have been hijacked by this bourgeois media media controlled by our elites to swave the consciousness to swave the consciousness of our people so we have to understand and that's why we need serious political education to educate our people and point to them why they are in this state tell them that tinubu show them that tinubu is their problem tinubu tinubu all these business and political elites are the reason for their impoverishment you know so we have to understand we have to make these people understand that this system this system was designed see you cannot seek for justice and equality in a system that was not designed to give you justice and equality you cannot tell a dog a dog to lay an egg because it is not within the structure of that dog to do so so we have to understand these things, right? That we have, to, we have to know the way these things work. That's why we need to embark on serious political education. So we, as revolutionary intelligence, must organize our people. And, you know, liberate ourselves from this extension, from this extension of imperialism. Because imperialism is just capitalism in expansionist phase. Europeans, European capitalism needed resources. That's why it's expanding to Africa. So we must cut off the tentacles of imperialism in Africa. That should be the major preoccupation of revolutionaries in Africa today. So we cannot continue to be looking and looking how capitalism is destroyed yet and how our people are, are oppressed on a daily basis. So we must fight once we once we replace this stupid government this nonsense useless leaders that we have in africa today with a socialist anti-imperialist revolutionary government our, our problem is settled because a socialist socialist government is in is inherently in common said socialism is revolutionary if we have socialist governments a revolutionary government right it's automatically anti-imperialist that means the resources in Africa will be for the African people, right? We are suffering today because we don't control our resources. We are suffering today because, as blessed as we are, our resources are being cut away to the, to the. Our resources are being canalized to the metropolis. So we, our major preoccupation as revolutionary, as revolutionaries, is to, is to, is to make a blo- do a blockade against this channel through which our resources are being canalized to Europe. Imagine a, a country like Congo that has Congo is the heart of Africa. Imagine a country like Congo that produces over sixty-four percent of the world coal and has over eighty percent poverty rate. What is happening to the resources? I heard about three months ago that a mountain of gold was discovered in Congo, and people of Congo are still living in abject poverty, eighty-one percent poverty rate. See, many people don't see these things, man. Many people don't see all these things. So it is our work as intelligentsias to identify, organize our people towards the course of their liberation. So all these things are happening in Congo because the government of Congo is sham, purely neo-colonial sham. 
fake independence. The same thing that happened in nineties. The, the same, see, the same thing that was happening in King Leopold time, where there was that motherfucker that was cutting off the limbs of black people in Congo. It's the same thing that is happening in Congo today. Europeans are using our children for labor. Europeans are dehumanizing our people, exploiting our resources. And all these things are, are happening because the government in Congo is sham. So we have to wage a war against sham political independence. We have to wage a war against this replica of, of, of European economic system designed to oppress our people. We have to wage a war against a system of government where corporations rule. We have to wage a war against sham political independence. We have to wage a war against satellite client states. We have to wage a war against a system that dehumanizes our people. So that should be our major preoccupation. So once we fight in, um, client states and replace it with socialist government, our resources, there will, be, there, will be, there will be plentiful of resources because Africa is too rich to be poor. Africa is too rich for Africans to be poor. The untapped Congolese, the untapped Congo resources is $24 trillion. Estimated at $24 trillion. Untapped though, they've not discovered more. More is still going to be discovered. That's the reason why this motherfucker Belgium, Belgian government wanted to secede Katanga from part of Congo and, and use a foolish Congolese called Moish Chombe, this stupid, this stupid black man. That was used to oppress his people. He was the one that was fighting for secession. Fighting for secession. And was armed. Armed. He was armed. By Europeans. Against the legitimate government of Lumumba. He was armed to secede. Because that Katanga has resources. He was armed to secede. So that Europeans can be using him to be looting the plentiful resources in Katanga. People have to understand all these things though. Because we today were not yet free. This expectation still happens in Congo till date, and not only Congo, all over Africa. So our fight for freedom must be intensified. We must, we must, we must, we must give it an impetus. So many people don't know these things, right? So our major preoccupation must be: we must declare war. We must declare war, ni war, ni. Against these people that are committed to our dehumanization, we must declare war on them. So we talk about political organization, right? You have to understand that see you 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 you, you organize to take power. You organize to be free. Freedom is not accidental. Freedom is intentional. You organize to be free. Now, Nkrumah said something. Nkrumah said, when an awoken intelligentsia rises from a subject people, it becomes the vanguard of the resistance of an alien rule. 
when an awakened intelligentsia rises from a subject people, it becomes the vanguard of the resistance of an alien rule. So the question is now is our intelligentsia in Africa today, what are they doing? What are our intelligentsia doing? Politically, ideologically, and logically, it is the work of the intelligentsia to organize the masses of the people towards the cause of their liberation. You know, as I said, this this you know class this class distinction this you know this class antagonism was you know was is an European thing as I said. So, our own fight. Is to create a society where one percent doesn't rule the world. Our preoccupation is to create a society where you know an average man can uh, get to send his child to school. Nobody will die because they can't afford hospital bills. Nobody will die because they can't afford three square meal. Do you think all these poor people don't have wealth? This wealth is being hijacked by these elites. People don't understand the analysis of these things. Let me explain. Let me quote this Marx. Let me quote this Marx. Let me understand this better. better. Let me quote this Marx. Uh, this Marx from his book, Coming Manifesto. Marx said, When you're a capitalist, you need not to have a personal but a social status in production. You don't need a personal status, you need to have a social status in production. Capitalism is a collective product. It takes the united action of many members. In the last resort, it takes the united action of all members. Capitalism is therefore not a collective, not a collective, but a social power. Now imagine this social power, this social product being hijacked by some elites because they have social status in production. Capitalism give, gave the elites a social status in production. Africans do not, Africa never lived, Africa lived in a classless, egalitarian society. We never lived in a society where, you know, where corporations rule the world. Europeans brought individualism into Africa, capitalism into Africa. All these, all these ideologies are exported, right? They are imported into Africa. The African primitive cocoa business economy was interconnected with the world capitalist market. That was when 10 days of capitalism began to grow in Africa. So, Marx also say, accumulation of wealth at one pole is at the same time accumulation of poverty at the other pole. This thing is simple dialectics. The reason why we have elites today is because of some people are impoverished. See, I have to lose for you to have. See, I have to, I have to lose this book for you to have this book. Me giving you this book means I've lost possession of this book. It's give and take. So, the elites are rich today because they hijacked the wealth of the poor. And the poor are now impoverished because their labor is being turned into capital by the elites. So, they'll not be giving you compensation wage. So what is wage? Wage salary is a compensation of slavery. People that understand in Marx 
chain of development. Communalism, feudalism, slavery, capitalism. Feudalism is ref capitalism is refined feudalism, right? See, it's from f uh, communalism to slavery to feudalism. Feudalism is refined slavery, right? Therefore, feudalism is capitalism. Capitalism is refined feudalism. Feudalism is refined slavery. Capitalism is refined slavery. So our major preoccupation is the liquidation of a system that impoverishes and exploits and dehumanizes the people for the wealth and opulence of a minority. A system that dehumanizes and exploits a majority for the creation of wealth for the minority. That should be our major preoccupation as intelligentsia. What are we doing? What are our intelligentsia doing? All these are our poets. All these are our, what are they doing? Everything must be revolutionary. We are living in a reactionary world. We are living in a world that wants to kill us, black people. We are living in a world that wants to see us. That wants to a world that wants to literally take our life. A world that wants to exterminate us. So we must be on the guard. We must be on the guard, ni. So what are our intelligences doing? Many at times, these are our intelligences are our problem. That's why Fanossi said in his book, Lesson of the Earth, the unpreparedness of the intellectual class, the lack of practical links between them and the masses of the people, their laziness, and let it be said, their cowardice at the decisive moment of the struggle shall give way for tragic mishaps. Tragic mishaps will happen if our intelligences do not organize. As long as our intelligences do not organize, there will always be tragic mishaps. It will give rise to tragic mishaps. So it is the work of the intelligence to organize the masses of the people. So what are our intelligence doing? That's the pertinent question. What are our poets doing? What are our musicians doing? That's why I don't like all this music. See, all this music are all this music are selling the the American dream to us. All this music that we listen to are instruments through which the American dream is being sold to us. Oh, the music that 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 that, that, that exhibits lifestyle that swerves you from your oppression and makes you comfortable. Many of these um intelligences have a problem. So that we must organize revolution. When an outcome intelligence arises from a subject people, it becomes the vanguard of the resistance of an alien rule. This rule that we have is alien. We must organize. Intelligence and must organize. Because it is the intelligence that, organize the, that organizes the masses of the people. The intelligence are always at the forefront of the Socialist Revolutionary Party. So we are the ones that organize the working people and the peasants. And most especially the lumpen. Now who are the lumpen? The lumpen are a subsection of the peasantry. The peasantry are the most oppressed, they are the least on the social strata. They are the sujets in the francophone colonial countries. They are called the sujets. The last on the social strata are called the sujets in the francophone French speaking countries. So the sujets are the, you know, the sujets are the least on the social stratification in the francophone, in the French speaking countries. 
our intelligences must organize that is our work organize towards the socialist revolution mark say let the ruling class tremble at the communistic revolution it is a powerful word it's powerful let the ruling class they must tremble if people do not sleep if people always be on the run let the ruling class tremble at a communistic revolution it is it is it is, is words of power so it's our people that we organize our intelligences must organize freedom cannot be given to you freedom freedom is 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 first first for say the immobility that the native is condemned to can only be called to question when the native himself decides to put an end to an history of colonization pillage and bring into existence the history of a new nation the history of decolonization we have to 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 make ourselves we have to get familiar with these works this i don't know how many times i read it all these fanons work are already in my head now i can even start saying fanon without seeing anything because this is how you know how how you know familiar i've made myself with these people so power is not given to you power is taken and how do you get power by knowledge education self-education this reactionary world that we live in cannot give you education we need revolutionary education the system that oppresses you cannot give you the education necessary for its overthrow so you educate yourself me freedom cannot be given to you but now also say the popular dictum that all men are equal we only find is illustration in the colony when the native says that he himself is equal to the settler Fan also say the freedom of the oppressed will stem from the rottening corpse of the settler. Fanon was a powerful, very powerful. So we as revolutionary intelligence must organize our people towards freedom, towards liberation, towards emancipation. We must be the liberation generation, towards emancipation and freedom and justice and equality and egalitarianism. Freedom from income disparity, freedom from economic subjugation, freedom from injustice, freedom from gender disparity, freedom from male chauvinism. Freedom from capitalism and imperialism and neocolonialism, freedom from white supremacy and racism, freedom from police brutality. Freedom from from freedom from the government of Edsman and the full and Freedom from unknown gunmen. That is, should be our major preoccupation. You know. So we must organize. We must organize. 
So the we have to understand the you know the the the, the, the you know the, the social the class identity. The bourgeoisie are the ruling class, are the oppressors. The petty bourgeoisie are the middle classes. The proletarians are the peasants. The lumpen proletarians are a substructure of the peasant class. The peasants are the poor. The peasants are the ones that suffer from Euro Europeanism. Mm. Coin that word. The peasants are the ones that suffer from European occupation. When Europeans hijacked African land, rendered Africans landless, started building companies on that on, on those African lands, forced Africa were forced to sell their labor to these Europeans. Europeans stole this labor into capital. By turning labor into capital, they created they created this class stratification. The bourgeoisie, petty bourgeoisie and the peasants. The landless ones who had who once had land before European occupation became the peasants. European Europeans created class antagonism in Africa. Take it or leave it. I'm telling you facts. European created class antagonism. All these class class that you are seeing today, these are the seeds planted by Europeans. All these other seeds say European, they don't go some set of agbiru, don't go bust. They don't go it is Europeans that have planted these seeds. And what is our society doing about it? Our society is a representation. Our society fosters the engine of, of oppression. Many people talk about society. I don't believe in the supremacy of society. Society, society talks about people that are in jail. As if people that are in jail. They say people that are in jail are people that have... Are, are, are people that have People that have committed, that have, that have wronged the society. But who jails the society when the society goes wrong against the people? Who jails the rich? Who protects the rich when they exploit the poor? Oh, if there was food, if there was no income disparity, if we were living in a classless, egalitarian society. Will anybody have the cause to go and steal or boggle another person's house? No. So these are the these, these are the words our society who, who punishes the who punishes the people who punishes the elites when they oppress the poor. So people in jail are people that have gone against society. And going against society, I'm not endorsing crime. Crime should be should be punished. But they say people that are in jail are people that have gone against society. But who jails the society when it goes against the people? That's my point. I digress. Sorry. So, as our major preoccupation is the liberation of our people. So, we must, we must, we must, we must liberate our people. Seriously. Really. We need it to. So, we must organize. The lumpen proletariat are a subsection of the peasants. They are the most chaotic, unconscious, unrevolutionary, most violent section of the social stratification. These people are the ones that suffer. You know, people that are in this peasant class are the downfall driver, the jobless people, the houseless people, the people that sleep on that bridge. You know, they are the most chaotic. In later of years, France Fanon say, juvenile delinquency is a direct 
results of the existence of the lumpen proletarians. Juvenile delinquency is a direct result of the existence of the lumpen proletarians. Anyway, there's anywhere there's juvenile delinquency, lumpen proletarians is there. Who are the people that stab people but who are the people that that do all this uh, with the, all this thing garage? These are the lumpen. Anywhere there's juvenile delinquency. It is the existence of the lumpen proletarians that cause it. So, but we must channel the energy and the and the and you know and the inherent chaos of the lumpen proletarians to liberate struggle. Because if we do not do this, right, this you know this uh, this energy that is lumpen proletarians because of the unconscious nature of the lumpen proletarians. They will be hijacked by the elites and be used against the liberation struggle. This has happened. People don't see people, this has happened last year. It happened during the NSAS that the state used hoodlums. The hoodlums are oppressed too. Nobody said they are oppressed too, but they are used against their own class. Why? Because the NSAS struggle. Failed to identify the loop. The NSA struggle did not have a proper political ideology that served as a powerhouse for the functioning of the movement. You can't just get to the road and start doing anyhow. There must be a backup political. It is a Marxist Leninist movement. It is a Maoist movement. It is a Maoist movement. It is a tourist movement. What movement is this? We have to identify this. It's a, it's the, it's the movement is the movement is leaderless. We movement cannot be leaderless. That's how Kumara say. When an Awoko intelligentsia arises from a subject people, there must be a vanguard of intelligentsias that are in the powerhouse of the political coordination of the movement. There must be. There must be a. A, a powerhouse, right? That must coordinate the movement. So that's the key fellow. That is why, because the movement failed to identify the lumpen proletarians. The lumpen proletarians were now used against them. They now use thugs, thugs that the the that the uh, thugs that the movement supposed to have identified. Politically educate them. And infuse them into the struggle and use them against the elites. Because the Lumpen are the people that the elites fear most. Because the Lumpen, the Lumpen don't understand anything. They don't understand English. What they understand is go. It's force. The Lumpen understand. So me, I align myself with the, with the working people. I align myself with the peasants. I align myself with the Lumpen. Because I'm a member of the oppressed class. So we must identify, organize our people, channel this energy, political, political education, that's the work. We must embark on political education to liberate, show our people, see, tell people that, look, look, fighting for your freedom is the most humanitarian act, it's, the act of, it's an act of love. Fighting for your freedom is an act of love, right? Fighting for your freedom is an act of love, it's an humanitarian, I've, not seen, I've never seen any humanitarian act as fighting for liberation. People that have read Polo Ferrere. Pedagogy of the oppressed. We understand what I'm saying. See, humanization, right? Humanization is humanization is an is happens 
we need the course of history but it's not but it is not an historical vocation the, sorry sorry dehumanization happens within the course of history but it is not an historical vocation because it happens because dehumanization happens within within the course of history doesn't doesn't mean that that is the default setting of the world right the default setting of the world is humanization right now because we have these elites these oppressors are a distortion of this default of the of the of the of the default order of the world which is humanization so we as oppressed people fighting for our freedom is humanitarian because not only are we liberating ourselves from oppression also liberating the oppressor from himself the oppressor is also oppressed but he doesn't know he's oppressed so we as as as, as the working people and the prisoners at the lumpen our our work is humanitarian is an act of love an act of charity to liberate ourselves and liberate the oppressor from himself by restoring humanity fighting for your freedom means you are restoring humanity you are going back to the default order of humanization that the world the world is supposed to be so our elites are also suffering our oppressors are also suffering so we must organize. We must liberate ourselves and liberate our, 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 you know, our um, oppressed oppressors. So it's an act of love, an act of charity. Fighting for freedom is an act of love. So when I see anybody rebelling, fighting, I'm teaching you to rebel. Rebel against any evil authority. Rebellion is not a crime. Rebellion is humanitarian, it's an act of love, an act of charity. Rebel against authorities that want to keep you in bondage. Rebel against authorities that want to gag you. So it's an act of love, it's an act of charity. We have to understand that. So let this be your motivation. Let this be something that will, be keep, that will keep you moving for the liberation of our people. Because you are on a historical duty to liberate our people. So, political education is vital. We must uh, politically educate our masses of people. Give a room for the best of their intelligence. That's what Ibn Sisari said. Who would have read Ibn Sisari poetry? Give a room for the best of their intelligence. Learn, unlearn, relearn. You know, Liberate them from the European lies, from the propaganda that is in their subconsciousness. You know, many of the op- some some of the oppressed are even more capitalistic than the oppressor. See, many oppressed people are more capitalist than the elite. See, oppression is a state of the mind, right? Op- oppression is a state of the mind. To oppress somebody, to be an oppressor, is a state of the mind. Some of the popular are, hmm, if I get one last song, which are, some people are oppressors. Waiting, pending oppressors. Why? Because the media has sold, you know, these bourgeois, these status symbols, these, you know, these bourgeois elitist, bourgeois elitist, Eurocentric, capitalistic ideas. So we must liberate our people through political education. So I'll be taking questions now. Okay, somebody said democracy and socialism. Can democracy and socialism coexist? Let me tell you something. What does de- democracy even mean? Alright, let's start from there. Democracy means the active participation of the people in politics. Right? 
Having a multi-party system is democratic. But me and me exist. I'll explain how I'll explain how that is a nonsensical idea. Having a multi having a multi-party system is a stupid idea. I tell people that the American uh, the American the American political structure is a one-party system designed to, through every four years interval, exploit the masses of the people. Americans just go every four years to go and vote another oppressor, another, another war criminal. You know, I people have to understand this. Political ideologies is a representation of your class of your class the ideology that you have if you tell me that you Marxist, i will say okay your ideology is representing the working class at the pizza that's why that's who we marxists are if you say a scientific socialist i will say okay your idea your representation of the working class at the peasants fine if you tell me you're a capitalist okay interpretation is you are a representation of the one percent elites that which makes you a criminal so the republican party and the you know the Republican party and the democrat party doesn't represent the interest of the masses of the people doesn't represent the interest of the working people and the peasants it represents the interest of the elites of brigade and his friends same thing in nigeria pdp and apc represent the interest of the elites the average black man's interest on the Nigerian road is not being represented by these motherfuckers that we have in government today. But every four years, we still go out and be voting them. Vote APC this four years. Vote PDP another four years. We are recycling oppression. That's why we can never be free. That's everything that's been like this. Is, that is the, what we need is to sweep these people for, away from the political scene completely. Completely. They say all, all the political parties we have in Nigeria are stupid. They are agents of our, that our oppressors gone. So we must understand these things. We must understand these things. Say so all these things. Eh? America is a one-party system. Nigeria is a one-party dictatorship system. One party. You think all these Tinubu and ABC and PDP a one-party system. APC is a branch of PDP. APC is the headquarters. PDP is the branch. People don't know these things. So we have to you know, educate our people. So they tell us, they tell us about democracy. Like, they, 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 you know, they are making themselves a kind of, they are making themselves a kind of people that we should emulate. Which in reality they are the most despicable women on earth. I'm talking about the Europeans and the Americans. Because these are the people that have committed, you know, crimes against humanity. So these people do not have any moral rectitude to tell us about human rights. About 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 about, about recognizing human rights. Like we have never see. I tell people, which is a fact. 
Back to see, let me tell you. We Marxists were materialists, we are dialectic material, historical materialists. This is what we are living in a materialist world. Look, I tell people something, and it's the truth. This world that we live in cannot produce justice and equality for the black man. The black man is condemned to injustice throughout his life if he does not fight for his freedom. Because all these corporations that are everywhere are instruments of your oppression, man. Do you get it? All these things. See, a country as third world as Portugal, a country as the most underdeveloped country in the Western Hemisphere, Portugal, is also a colonial power. A country as crude and barbaric, forget about the opulence, as Belgium. Is a colonial power now. Look, look, who is going to prosecute right this you know, these people for the crimes against humanity? Who is going to prosecute? Who is going to charge them for the crime? See, who is going to prosecute Belgium for the murder of Patrice Lumumba? Who? who is going to prosecute Belgium for the murder of 20 million Congolese people under the rule of King Leopold? Who? To think that these people actually really gathered in one conference in Berlin in 1884 to demarcate—is this your? This, this is this is this is invasion. Do you get this? Is you know? Who is going to prosecute Belgium, Portugal? This fucking Portuguese. Who is going to prosecute Portugal for crime against humanity in Africa? Who is going to prosecute Britain for slave trade? For colonialism? Who is going to prosecute the Dutch for invasion of South Africa? Who is going to prosecute the Americans for all the things they've done in Africa? Who? And these same people make up the International Criminal Court and they expect black people to get justice from that place. That's why I tell people that. See, justice, liberty, freedom is a joke to black people unless we fight. See, you struggle for your freedom. Forget about this United Nations. Who makes up the United Nations? The same people that make up the NATO that kills you are the same people that make up the United Nations. And they expect they say the United Nations is committed to stability and peace in the world. United Nations took away peace and stability from the world. Do you know how many people have died under the watch of the United Nations? Person that was assassinated by Belgium. Belgian government backed by American and British government and the French government. These same people are members of the United Nations. Not only the United Nations, so there's something they call UNSC. United Nations Security Council. United Nations Security Council. These people are not only a member of the United Nations, they are members of the United Nations Security Council that has a veto power of 85%. So don't tell me about equality. Don't tell me about don't tell me about equality from the from the from the white power structure. All these courts are instruments of oppression. Who is going to prosecute France? WF the Clark is working freely. Who is going to prosecute these Europeans for the Shavai massacre? Or the French for the massacre in Angola and Algeria? The French for the massacre in Algeria.
and the Portuguese in Angola, in Guinea-Bissau, in Guinea. Who? Who is going to prosecute the British for their atrocities in Kenya? And they'll come and come to the media and tell us human rights has been violated. Oh, see, these Europeans don't care about dictatorship. They should stop telling they don't care about dictatorship in Africa. These people don't care about dictatorship. If they care about dictatorship in Africa, let them go and take Kim Jong-un, Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin. Take them away. See, I tell people it's because we do not organize, we don't have black power, right? The power structure is racism and capitalism. We must organize through solidarity and unity to face. We cannot be divided and face these stupid, these motherfuckers. We must unite. So that should be our major preoccupation. So the justice for the black man is a joke. He said they care about, they don't care about dictatorship. They murdered Gaddafi because he was a dictator. Is Libya better off now? They murdered Gaddafi because he was an anti-imperialist. Simple and short. Simple and short. That's why he was murdered. Go to Libya today. We have this imperialist fighting over the Libyan oil. Rebels everywhere. Instability. Political instability. It is the European that caused political instability. It is they who caused political instability. So we must, we must, we must understand. As I was saying, they should go and attack these guys and stop telling us about dictatorship. Museveni is a dictator. Yes, Museveni is a dictator. Let them send their missiles. See, these people don't care about dictatorship. Once you pay your dues, if you like, be beheading your citizens on the floor, in just in the streets. Not see the happen. Gaddafi was killed because he was anti-imperialist. Simple and short. Gaddafi was killed because he wanted Pan-Africanism. Gaddafi was killed because he wanted economic independence for African people. He doesn't want us to rely on the American dollar. You can criticize Gaddafi as you like. Me, I'm not saying he's a saint. He has his, he has his SSS too, right? But, under Gaddafi's rule, Right, you were paid for you were see, you were paid for living for for being a Libyan. You were paid. Gaddafi overthrew King Idris in 1969 with 12 soldiers. Throughout his reign, yeah, he Libyans were paid for for, for when they were, it was a sale of crude oil. Libyans were paid. You were paid. You'll be paid if you once you give birth. Once you get wed, once you wed, you'll be paid. Per capita income was eleven thousand US dollars. But Europeans killed him because he was a dictator. But Museveni is alive. What's Museveni doing alive? 
if I go to follow this narrative, we have to apply it to all these motherfuck motherfuckers in Africa today. Who are dictators? Museveni is a dictator. Ouattara is a dictator. Afakoli is a dictator. Paul Biya is a dictator. These people are not democratic, but they come to the media and tell us about democracy. So democracy is a myth. So what the solution is? A one-party socialist system of government, revolutionary, simple. We don't, 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 we don't have any business with these European narratives. We don't have any business with them. So we must have an Afrocentric system that you know. The People's Party, the People's Movement that appeals to the consciousness of the masses, the government of the people, not a government that will be in the hand of few elites, a government that represents the interest of the masses ne? that we need in Africa today. Not any stupid reactionary government, one party socialist anti imperialist government that those who work must eat. A government where people will be able to send their children to school, where our mothers will be able to afford basic things of life. Where you will not die because you don't have money. Where you will not be punished because you don't have money. Black people are punished because they are poor. What is another question? Blockade. What is blockade? Blockade. <laughs> Do you know how many years Cuba has been under economic blockade from the United States? Decolonization is... Capital flight is the reward for the reward for the, the reward for liberation is capital flight. You see these elites, European elites. Many people say South Africa is a is a capitalist haven in Africa. But South Africa is the most oppressed. South Africa are suffering from a settler occupation because South Africa are still broke, landless, poor, moneyless, living in poverty, living without land. Talk about blockade. Cuba has been suffering from blockade since 1960, since the Cuban Revolution by Fidel Castro. Since 1960, I mean 1958, yes, 1958. Castle died till now that is suffering from economic blockade. But even with the economic blockade, right? The Cubans in Cuba, Cuba is a socialist government. Nobody is homeless. Everybody can everybody has access to good medical facilities. Nobody is sleeping on that bridge. Everybody is okay. Nobody is sleeping on that bridge. Nobody is sleeping. Even with the blockade, though, nobody is sleeping. No poor. No, they're not poor. Forget about this European narrative that has been, that has been sold to you. They're not poor. Egalitarianism. So many no come they tell us, say, one thing, one thing. During the pandemic, Cuban, Cuban doctors were exported. You know, even with, even with blockade, Cuba has the facility to train medical experts that managed the world pandemic that America could not that America could not contain 
in the so-called third world countries where they painted to us the narrative the, 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 the narrative that they sold to us that the Cubans are, are primitive. They are the ones that they are the ones saving this world from this coronavirus. Cuban doctors, they are the ones. And are these same people? That is the same people that Europe is telling us that are this, that, that. Identify your enemies. Blockade or no blockade. It doesn't mean anything. It means our resources be used for our development. That is the that should be our major preoccupation. The wealth of the African masses must be for the African people, but must not be canalized to the European masters. That should be our major preoccupation. Forget blockade. That should be our major preoccupation. I, mean, I don't have any problem with blockade. What is blockade? The wealth of the African masses above and beneath the soil must be for the advancement of Africa and the development of the African people. Right? So when I talk about law, see, I'm answer this question. Let's talk about law, right? Law. See, commitment to the liberation struggle. I read the communist book. I forgot the name of the book. I have read so many communist books. I forgot the name of that book. Yeah. Is it? I think I. What's the name of the book? Communism. Let me check it. Let me check it. You know the book. Can't find it. Everyone has taken it. The name of the book is Communism. It was written by one. I've forgotten his name. How can I forget? The book says that. The book says that commitment to commitment to communism is greater than commitment to law. Commitment to communism is greater than commitment to law. You know, because You as a revolutionary, as a communist, as a not really not necessarily a communist. You as a as a revolutionary, right? You as a revolutionary. You have to understand the dialectics of these things. The elites that are fighting, the elites, the so-called the, the bloody elites that we say. That they, are, that they are the ones oppressing this world. The elites that are the ones causing problems in this world are the ones that made the law. So you cannot work within the confinement of this law made by the elites and achieve liberation. It's impossible. Freedom always comes in defiance of the law. Do you know how many apartheid laws was broken to gain freedom in South Africa? Do you know how many whites only places that black people invaded? Do you know how many times there were, there were strikes? So, commitment to the liberation struggle should be greater than commitment to law. Because the elites made the law. And it's war against the elites. So, it's war against all their, all their systems, their structures. So, somebody talk about Boko Haram and IPOB. Me, I recognize IPOB. I recognize Ududua. I recognize them. 
many people are with maybe it's not this maybe later in the future maybe later in the future when i have opportunity to give another lecture or explain ipob and ipob and then ipob and odua and all these socialist movements well let me boko haram is an insurgency boko haram is based on you know this Islamic jingoism, this Islamic chauvinism, idea of religious domination, which I don't endorse. IPOP is a libertarian movement and a doer. Boko Haram, we see Boko Haram. See, we, we do not need to like fight book see book Haram is not the the problem our problem are two people because me as a marxist we look at the root cause of issues marxists are materialist simple Hegelian dialectics we reveal many we we reveal many many issues Now, the existence of IPOB, sorry, the existence of Boko Haram is based on what? We have to look at this thing organically. Who are the people made it that made it possible for this insurgency to go on since 2011 to 2021? What's, what is the, what, what, who, who are the people selling arms to these people? Respectable members of the European community must be identified and called out for fostering terrorism. People are screaming Taliban, Taliban. Taliban is already in Nigeria and they're making laws for the National Rock because it's our elites that are funding Boko Haram. So not Boko Haram is not the center of gravity. The center of gravity is still elitism because if, we're, if, if we were living in a communal society where we don't have a 1% elite who control the means of production, they wouldn't have accumulated enough wealth to sponsor a, a state terrorism against the masses of the people. This is one of the, this is one of the things that capitalism does. So, Boko Haram is not a libertarian movement. It's a reactionary, Islamic, religious, jingoistic movement. So I never talked about allies, right? Allies. See, Asata Shakur, Malcolm X talked about, you know, he talked about, he talked about interna internationalization of the struggle. With Newton called it intercommunalism. Asata Chako called it internationalization, internationalization of the struggle. Malcolm X said, the civil rights problem in America is not a civil rights problem. It's a human rights problem. It's not to extend it that our brothers in Africa can throw their weight behind us and support us. It's not to make it, if you make it, if you make it a civil rights issue, it's with, that means it is within the confinement of the American power structure. But if you make it a human rights issue, it is a global problem. 
So setting dogs upon people, setting vicious dogs against black people in the black community is not a civil problem. It's a human rights problem that deserves a global attention. The same thing, we must unite with our oppressed people against the common enemy, which is white supremacy and imperialism. The thesis is imperialism. The synthesis must be Pan-Africanism. Sorry? The thesis is imperialism. The antithesis must be Pan-Africanism. And the synthesis must be the liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. Every people who are oppressed must be an ally. Every people who are oppressed is an automatic ally of the black masses. People who are oppressed in Palestine are allies of the black liberation movement. Yes, let's understand this. Because Atasha Shako said, this is why we have to internationalize our struggles because once the tentacles of imperialism is cut off somewhere, it increases our chances of defeating imperialism here. So we must support our brothers everywhere they are fighting against imperialism. So that is why we need Pan-Africanism. We unite our brothers in Congo to fight settler occupation. We unite with our brothers, you know, in Haiti. All our oppressed brothers in the world, we must unite and fight this enemy. Even in Palestine. Palestine is experiencing a settler, a settler occupation. It's experiencing Zionist, Zionist occupation endorsed by American imperialism. European imperialism. So we must understand this that we, we have to seek allies. So we're talking about seeking allies with Russia. Russia, USSR, you know, the Soviet Union used to be an ally of the oppressed African people because the Soviet Union was also suffering from American imperialism in the 60s till its um, defeat in 1991. So, but now, USSR, so now Russia and China seem imperialistic. So we must look for people who are oppressed like us and unite against the common enemy, which is imperialism. So, betray, many people have betrayed scientific socialism. You know, it's normal. So the reason why we can, how we can avoid betrayal is through political education. Must educate our people, but political education is not enough because there will always be betrayers of the struggle. Even in Cuba, Fidel Castro had CDRs. Even Burkina Faso had CDRs. What is CDR? CDR is Committee for the Defense of the Revolution. So those are the is a pro is a pro you know a pro revolution movement that safeguards the revolutionary government from the infiltration of reactionaries. But that is not enough. If you read the book of Revolutionary Warfare by Dr. Nkrumah, he said, those who betray the African liberation struggle should, at, should at, at sight be shot. You have to take away. See, the reason why the Chinese Communist Party, by, led by Chairman Zerong, came into manifestation is because Uncle Tom's reactionaries were taken away. Do not many people have to die? For Communist Party 
of China should be to be installed. They are able to die for to for for the Chinese people to be free. The people sending them out were killed. So we must be willing. It's better to lose or to die. It's better for somebody who because of his evil because of his inherent evil tendencies somebody who wants to sacrifice a million of people for his own personal interests it's better for that person to die than for people to die because they don't have money so anybody who is against the liberation of africa must be taken out of the way but we must also, uh, we must also engage of engage in political education engaging our people you know liberation our people give a room for the birth of the intelligence I want to talk about poverty in Africa before European. Africa was a classless society before European incursion. Now, Af- before Europeans came, Africa was classless. So, the means of production was the end of the community, not the end of few elites. So there was no oppression. There was no class stratification. So there was no class antagonism. So what I expect to see before 2023, I expect to see, you know, the liberation struggle getting more intense. You know. Serious political organization and mass political education, town hall meetings, liberation of our people, you know. Town hall meetings is very crucial. Town hall meetings is very crucial. We have to, we have to organize. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't turn down town hall meeting. If you have any town hall meeting. Anywhere to deliver any lecture on political education, call me. I will be on my way because these are the sacrifices. We are committed to the liberation of our people. Any town meeting, any town lecture that deals with the liberation of our people through political education, I'm always ever ready for that. So, what I expect for 2023 is liberation political education political education mass political organization from the hood you know just like with newton and bobby seal they organized the people from the hood in Harlem to create the black panther black black panther party so we must organize from the hood from the hood from the streets communism on book is intellectual communism in the streets is revolutionary so we must understand, we must understand. But somebody said, must, must, must we be ready before 2023? Time is on the side of the oppressed, but we must organize. Ah, somebody talked about socialism. What socialism means in simple terms? means the... means, it just means say, People will work, go chop. You know, people must be able to afford the basic things of life. There must be communal ownership. All this individualism must die because it's an European thing. We must go back to the way of our ancestors. Communal ownership must come. People must not die because they don't have money. You shouldn't suffer for any reason because you don't have money. You know, one 
minority, one percent minority must not control the wealth of the ninety-nine percent major majority. So that was um socialism means you not sure actually. Thank you so much, Benny Demola. This was really, 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 really a power pack session. You know, as all of us know, say um, for African to survive, capitalism has to destroy because capitalism feeds on the exploitation of African people. So we we know that, and um, uh, that's the major reason why we started the podcast to enlighten our people to rejuvenate our, the minds of our African brothers and sisters. You know to make them conscious politically, to make them conscious ideologically, you know. Uh, we need to pan-Africanize them and we need to make them understand their true enemy, that their true enemy is capitalism. And as Kwame Ture said, it must be destroyed. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we're, we're having this, because we, because actually, as you talk, Comrade Demola, nobody supposed to die because of saying, you don't get money to pay hospital bill, you know. No child supposed to stay uneducated because of impairments of your first school. We need to create a means of wealth redistribution. And the only way we wealth redistribution will happen for this country that if we destroy capitalism and take away the means of production from one motherfucker to state owned to state ownership basically. So Thank you so much, Demola. Thank you so much. Uh, may Lord Mary bless you. Uh, may uh, Shango guide you. Uh, may she be with you at all times. Thank you so much. Uh, NRM is very grateful uh, at least for coming uh, with your very busy schedule. You took time to you know, you know, to break bread with us. You took time to come in with the brothers, you know, and the struggle. And I hope. One day this thing go, you know, the thing we keep our people down, one day we will rise. We will rise to stand against them. Let's listen to Shia Mukoti. Are you ready to rise? Huh? Come my people, are you ready to rise, to be free?